With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, with sports betting season in full force with football here, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BETUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 1-800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MY-BETUS. You receive 125% sign-up bonus by using bonus code SST125. That's SST125. They have re-up and referral bonuses. Also, BetUS is known among America's favorite sportsbook for lots of reasons. Bet on team and player props, loads of NFL futures, UFC matches, PGA golf, live betting on most sports. The online casino has hundreds of games. The race books has all the horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable. Follow my lead and get your phone online and sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS, you bet you win you get paid bet us welcome back uh, everyone uh, this is chris landry for sec football and beyond for this monday october 25th as we are moseying along here going solo um Today, uh, usually my producer, Dan Matthews, joins us. Um, uh, he is busy with World Series coverage uh, this week. So I'll be doing uh, doing the show solo this uh, today and on uh, live on Thursday. So we appreciate you joining us. A lot to get to today around the league as we are uh, making our way with a number of teams in um, – in bye weeks last week, we've got uh, limited matchups to get into, but certainly Alabama, Tennessee, LSU, Ole Miss kind of uh, lead the way, so to speak, with uh, Alabama and Ole Miss's performance. But Tennessee as well, we're going to get into that. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, an update on the LSU coaching search, although I'm working on some details with that. Uh, we're going to hand out some game balls, but uh, we always uh, like to say we – invite you to join with us. So join us in the chat room. Um, let us know your thoughts, your questions, as those of you did last hour um, doing Scouts Eye on college football. This will give you a, a great chance to participate in the show. Um, we've got some great news with our great friends at um, the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM that we've uh, going to tell you about for those of you that are 
really interested in the gaming aspects of football, we've we've got some exciting news there for you. But we will uh, start um, with. Um, I am curious to see uh, how this will play out. One of the things that, um, and I'm going to have some details over at Landry Football. A reminder again, real quick, if you have not, if you're listening to this show on podcast form, we appreciate it. Check us out live by joining us at twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. I am uh, curious to see what happens. Uh, Auburn announced um, on just a couple of days ago that all employees must be fully vaccinated or they will be fired. Um, Brian Harson is still declining to the head coach is still uh, declining to answer on his vaccination status. He's refuted, refused all year long. Um, Nick Rolovich last week was fired by Washington state. Um, Auburn's new policy means that employees must have proof of vaccination or exemption by December 18th. Um, so it, it doesn't, he doesn't have to tell the public, but he certainly has to tell the employers. I don't know what this means. I don't know that it means anything. Uh, well, it, I know what it means, but I don't know what's going to come of it. And I'm not expecting the worst, but it is something that I know that has been brought up. So I thought I would mention it. That's kind of something that we're going to follow. Um, and then we'll kind of put it aside until we know more about what's going on. Around the world of college football nationally, it was an interesting weekend with a lot of teams well, taking care of business, but a lot of teams struggling. I think in a bye week, Georgia looked stronger than ever. Um, they didn't play, and a lot of people struggled. Alabama, we're going to get into that game, did not look all that impressive, but still managed to get it done. Ohio State continues to look good. Oregon is looking good um, or look good against UCLA. And then, um, you know, I think there's uh, Ole Miss that's looked good. I've been asked um, where does kind of Ole Miss stand if they run the table in 11-1 and one in terms of the playoffs. They're, they're not in the playoff discussion and really wouldn't be as a team that got dominated by Alabama. Look, here's what it really comes down to. Georgia is the one team from the SEC that, unless something disastrous happens, is going. Alabama would be the second team. If Alabama loses, Ole Miss is not going to jump Alabama, even with a two-loss Alabama, because Ole Miss was dominated by Alabama. So, it would be somebody from another league or, you know, somehow jumping them. So they really don't factor into the playoffs, Ole Miss, that is. But taking a look around the league, of it was, again, a light week. And as we look at the um, the players of the week, I thought Bryce Young was outstanding. Matt Corral had a different type game this week for Ole Miss. But Bryce Young was was outstanding. I thought he was very efficient in the win over Tennessee. Um, I mean, threw it well, two touchdowns, made big plays, ran the football. I thought he was the difference in the game. I don't know 
that they that the result is anywhere near the same. I mean, I still think Alabama might have won it, but this would have gotten real interesting if it wasn't for Bryce Young and his ability to make plays with his feet. He converted 12 first downs for the game, eight through the air, and four rushing. Two rushing touchdowns on third downs. So very, very impressive performance by Bryce Young of the Tide. Uh, on the defensive side, Chance Campbell of Ole Miss I thought was outstanding. Ten tackles, a forced fumble, a sack in leading Ole Miss past LSU, led the Rebels' defense, limited the Tigers to just 77 rushing yards. We talked about it. LSU, quote-unquote, in the eyes of many, found the running game against Florida. Well, they found it against Florida, and that was kudos to them for finding and something that was working, but also an indicator of the problems that they're having in Gainesville defensively and never adjusting was a big part of it. I thought that if this LSU offense was truly finding itself and getting better, it would show up against an Ole Miss defense that while better, better, still not a strength, um, wasn't the case, wasn't the case at all. Uh, LSU couldn't run the football, and quite frankly, to be fair in looking at it overall, is LSU's defense was the culprit here. LSU's defense couldn't keep Ole Miss out of the end zone after the first quarter. So LSU's got to abandon the run to try to throw the football to get back in the game, right? So LSU couldn't stay committed to the run because they got so far down. Um they also forced three turnovers. Uh, really good effort by Chance Campbell in, in the Ole Miss defense. Thought Anaya Smith, again, was great for A&M and special teams. Um, on the defensive line, I'd go back to Ole Miss and say Sam Williams, really good with a forced fumble, a sack, and a quarterback pressure. Very, very good. Tyree Johnson of Texas A&M, the senior from Washington had two tackles. Both were quarterback sacks for losses of 11 yards. The Aggie defense allowed only 15 net yards on 31 plays for scrimmage. Um, the offensive line, Kenyon Green, I thought, really did a good job this week for A&M at left guard against a bad-looking South Carolina team. I thought Charlie Cross, the left tackle at Mississippi State, graded out well. He got one of my national game balls on my scout's eye shell. And I thought uh, Ray Ray Thomas, the receiver from Mississippi State, was was really effective um, in this game. Um, let's get into the matchups and some of the things that I uncovered when watching it. Alabama, Tennessee. It was um, it was a, an impressive performance by the Vols. I thought um, in keeping this game pretty closely. Um, start with Alabama. I thought Bryce Young was really good third down was where it was the money down for him he got things going with Latu and Billingsley and Williamson Williams excuse me um the running backs um I thought did a good job with after contact yardage with uh, Brian Robinson um Roydell Williams I think I called Brian B. John uh the show before I don't know where my head is um Brian Robinson, Rawdale Williams really did a good job with after-contact yardage. I don't think they're as committed to the run game as they need to be personally, uh, but that's what um, I saw. I thought that the receivers 
uh, had some miscues in the first half. Williams in particular, uh, drop on the, the opening drive and a lost fumble. Um, Mechie played pretty well. Williams, between Mechie and Williams, they accounted for 17 of the 31 receptions in the game. Big plays, explosive plays. Uh, they were able to to really stretch the game and put the game away because of their big plays. Offensive line, I thought the protection was adequate uh, at times. Uh, and I thought they created some run creases at times, but it wasn't as consistent a unit. Chris Owens continues to struggle a little bit there. Um, I thought Matthew Butler and Byron Young did a really good job of of, of creating some pressures. Um, you know, on defense, I thought the defensive line, they played a lot of big nickel personnel in early downs. Said they had DJ Dale in two defensive ends to go along with Will Anderson, who's playing the Jack linebacker spot. And I thought they did a really good job limiting Tennessee's running game and no rushing touchdowns. Um, Dale and Young really set the tone. Um, I thought they did a really good job defending them. I thought Phil Mathis played pretty well at three sacks. Um, the linebackers. Um, I thought Harris um, played fairly well. Dallas Turner worked the other edge. I thought were pretty solid. It's the secondary where I saw some lapses uh, that were a problem. It gave up pass plays of 39, 57, and 70. Now, a couple of them were misassignments. A couple of them were they just weren't ready for the snap, and that's always a change. But that's always those are negatives that you've got to build upon and correct. For Tennessee, I thought they battled. Um, it wasn't the kind of the the fifty-two to twenty-four looking type of game. The balls led fourteen-seven at the first quarter. The within the touchdown of the at the half, and they trailed thirty-one twenty-four with fourteen thirty to go. And that's kind of how that game looked. And then Alabama did what they did. They made game-changing plays on offense and defense. They scored the final three touchdowns and kind of put Tennessee away. So it was it was not a consistent performance by Alabama, but it was a good one. And let me just get into that right there. What's different about this Alabama team as I see it? Um, you know, it's it's um, it's a team that doesn't have the experience. It doesn't have the confidence. I think one of the things that I'm noticing, and people may have noticed, that Nick Saban has talked quite a bit about, you know, being positive with this team and saying positive things. The thing that's jumping out to me is is the fact that he's doing that, and there's a reason why he's doing it. I think this team likes confidence. I think this team, um, we assume that they're full of themselves. We assume that they think they're better than they are and they can just turn it on, and that's been somewhat of the narrative behind the scenes, but they play like they lack confidence. They play a little bit like scared of making a mistake, which is, I think, why they're trying to build off of the positive things. They're positive things that they're doing, but they're negative things. The, the standards are so high that that that's going to always be the case. But I, the way that he's trying to deal with this team is to try to kind of build up their confidence or, or so it seems to me. 
you know, you look at their schedule. I mean, they're they're going to be in good shape the rest of the way. Um, certainly LSU, New Mexico State. I, I think Arkansas and Auburn will present some different challenges. I think those games should be games that they would win. I do not like Alabama's chances right now against Georgia. I think Georgia's going to have to come back to the pack a little bit for Alabama to really have much of a chance. And Alabama's going to have to get a whole lot better. And I don't know that this team's going to get a whole lot better. I think it's going to have to be about Georgia not dealing with the moment or something happening there because I just think Georgia's better this year. They're just better this year. And Alabama is not as good as they have been. I mean, there's nothing wrong. I mean, Alabama's a good team, but they're not the elite Alabama teams that we've seen in the last year. Well, not every team's going to be the same. It's as simple as that. I see this Tennessee team. I saw Hendon Hooker battling through knee injuries. I saw a defense flying to the football. I think they're a different team with Hendon Hooker. I think he's a better decision maker. Uh, I saw them get Alabama lulled a couple of times and made some big plays. Uh, you could see that Hooker wasn't going to run the football, wasn't going to be as effective um, running the football due to the injury. Uh, they couldn't run the football against Alabama. Um, they did get um, Jabari Small involved in the pass game a little bit with some swing passes. Um, I didn't think the tight ends, you know, did a whole lot in the game. Um, they did get some big contributions, though, from Cedric Tillman, um, Josh Job, Javante Payton, <clears throat> Vilas Jones. Um, I thought the offensive line was, although shorthanded, played pretty well. Wasn't great, but was pretty well. I thought Cooper Mays was solid. Um, you know, I thought Dane Davis um, did a pretty good job coming in. They rushed for 74 yards, 3.2 yards a carry, excluding sacks. But it's going to be the penalties and short yardage situations. Alabama blew up a pair of third and ones in the first half. Um, they were just two for 13 on third down. And, um, you know, Alabama ran 38 more plays than Tennessee, and they wore down Tennessee's defense. Uh, there was some pivotal errors that Tennessee made. So it wasn't just, well, Alabama played poorly and Tennessee played great. No, Tennessee left a lot of plays on the field. Uh, but they played hard, and they are shorthanded. And they're getting a little bit of a break there because they're shorthanded and they make mistakes and you're getting tired. And all those things factor into some degree. But, um, you know, the look, the – the defense allowed 52 points, 574 yards, 6.2 yards per play. Um, Alabama scored the final three touchdowns on on final two on drive of 18 and 30 yards and an interception and a turnover. But overall, um, they did some good things. <clears throat> Struggling in some areas. Matthew Butler, I thought, played pretty well. I thought Byron Young and Roman Harrison really did a good job. Young continue to come on and play well. Brian Robinson finished with 107 yards and three touchdowns, but he and Roydell Williams, he carried for combined for four yards average per carry. And, um, you know, they, they didn't st- uh, slow down Alabama's run game enough, but they had enough moments in, with their pressures again, against an Alabama offensive line that struggles 
some, particularly in pass protection. I thought the linebackers of Tennessee let them down in large part. They missed a lot of tackles. Um, I thought they were exploited in the middle in the passing game. Uh, Alabama were 15 to 20 on third downs and really peppered them in the Tennessee zone between the hashes. thought they did a really good job. Um, you know, I think the, the secondary, um, will, will, when you look at the tape, they weren't as impressive as the overall first glance of the game. It wasn't a bad performance, but because um, I thought they made a couple of plays and punching balls out, but a lot of it was the third and long situations that converting seven times out of 11 when facing third and longer, that's, that's pretty that's pretty difficult, but not all of it was on um, the coverage uh, in the back end. So I, I think from a game management standpoint, um, there, you know, there was frustration by, by Vol fans and by the coaching staff that that the the Bryce Young touchdown run, which, which is the pivotal one that could have changed the flow of the game and Tennessee was still in it then. It was clearly a fumble before he crossed the goal line but then he recovered in the end zone. Uh, at least that's the way it looked to me, and that's what was ruled on the field. Um, they're really, really disappointed in in that call and thought that um, they recovered it, but that was uh, the difference. Hey, before I get to Ole Miss and LSU in the latest there, I want to tell you about our good friends at the Daily Tip. If you're into sports betting, you know, just how quickly the lines can change. And you've got a lot riding on those odds. It pays to stay ahead of the curve. So before placing your bets, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM for the best betting analysis and information. They are fun, informative, and extremely helpful. A lot can change between last night's game and today's odds. The Daily Tip gives you an early look at all the angles. The host, Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messinger, Break down the big takeaways and make sure you know everything you need to bet smarter. With featured guests like bookmakers, Odyssey insiders, and bet MGM experts, you always get a fresh take on the action. Your friends will be wondering what you know they uh, that they don't now that you have to tell them where you heard it. As much fun as it is to bet on the game, it's even more fun when you've got the inside scoop. Ready to bet with an edge? Tune in to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Listen weekdays 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern on Odyssey, Spotify, and your favorite podcast app. So Ole Miss and LSU, 31-17 was the final. It wasn't that close. It was a good first half by LSU. I thought they played hard. thought they played with energy. But then Ole Miss's offense kind of figured it out pretty quickly. LSU, which ran the football well against Florida, was not able to stay committed to the run. They weren't, A, not able to run the football as well. Two, they couldn't stay committed to run because they were down basically 31-7 the majority of the game. Um, I thought the defense, again, is starting to step up and make and play well situationally. It's not a great defense. It's never going to be a great defense with the way Lane runs his offense, but what I am seeing is better situational defense. And I think DJ Durkin and that crew deserve a lot of credit, gave out a couple of game balls. Um, and it was a lot due to the defense. Um, it was a 
you look at the game, the start of the game, it was a lot about um, LSU's run game. They scored in a run-heavy first possession. Uh, you know, they uh, overall LSU had 326 yards and averaged 4.8 yards a play, but they forced some turnovers at LSU. The pass rush was really good. Sam Williams, Cedric Johnson, Chas Campbell, all forced fumbles, rushing Max Johnson. Um, the run defense, I thought, did a pretty good job. LSU ran it 35 times, but overall 77 yards, 2.2 yards a carry. Um, Ole Miss started slow offensively, but they turned it on. They averaged 6.4 yards a play, 470 yards. Matt Corral played as I thought he would, as I said he would. He only carried it 12 times, ran for 24 yards, a far choir from what he did last week. Um, but the run game bounced, you know, back alternative of him. Caleb Warren aided it, Snoop Connor. Uh, they had 117 17 yards. Jerry and Ely had 97 yards and a touchdown. Henry Parrish and Corral ran well. Um, Ole Miss still a lot of penalties, 12 penalties. Um, Chance Campbell, again, great play, was was outstanding. I thought Mark Robinson played well. Uh, he had a lot of tackles. Um, the former walk-on and Southeast Missouri State running backs played very well. I think they've done a really good job with them. I think Dontario Drummond deserves a lot of credit. I thought he played well at receiver for them. Um, really good. Uh, without Mingo and Sanders injured, um, on the field, he he really did a good job. Um, played well and getting open, making a lot of plays. I thought Snoop Connor, as I mentioned, did a really good job. Um, he had a late fumble. Uh, could have been a touchdown, but but he, he really did a nice job. Um, did a really good job. Caleb Warren blocked well at left guard in particular. Thought he did a, did a really good job. For LSU, another flat. You know, fall flat and wasn't a flat start. It was a good start, and they could not adjust another game in which they were out coached. Third and fourth down conversions killed LSU's defense. Um, really poor job there. They couldn't get off the field. Um, you know, they, they the delayed handoff, they were really fooled out of position. Um, they were five for 13 on third down, but three for three on fourth down against LSU. The fourth down was the bigger killer there. Ely and the Rebs, you know, uh, rushed for 266 yards on the ground, converting those five third downs from an average of 10.8 yards away. Um, LSU consistently was pushed out of their run gaps, really very poor with their run fits, and Ole Miss just attacked them, did a good job of attacking them. Uh, on the bright spot, I thought Damon Clark played well. The senior linebacker did a good job at LSU. Garrett Nussmeyer got some snaps. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's a it's a mess there, and going to be a rough finish for LSU. Don't know other than ULM if they win a game the rest of the way. Um, and it's getting a little bit awkward dealing with the situation. I think inside uh, football offices, the coaches are clearly have one foot out the door. Uh, Texas A&M dominated South Carolina. There's not a whole lot to get into other than just talking a little bit about A&M and, 
and m was up 31 nothing at halftime they damn dominated every aspect this is a hapless south carolina team i mean they're bad uh, i didn't think calzada played all that well relatively speaking it, but they just dominated i mean the the nm offensive line dominated a, a south carolina defensive front um uh, you know they just couldn't do anything well to challenge and um it was really a, a a bad looking scrimmage quite frankly um calzada threw an interception but he kind of settled down he made good reads jalen widemeyer played well and becoming a bigger bigger factor the running backs really did a good job with the reads and ran behind their pads very very well i thought amari daniels and lj johnson did a really good job um um the, the freshmen have a lot of ability there. Uh, the NM wideouts just caught five passes. Uh, they didn't throw a ball a lot. Um, they worked the tight ends mostly. Uh, Demon Demas did a really good job. Um, you know, Wiedemeyer had two touchdown receptions. Uh, really good. I thought did a good job attacking the middle of the field pretty well. Uh, for the second straight week, Fisher used the counter play very, very effectively to complement the zone runs. I thought um, South Carolina, um, they're really light at defensive end. They can't set the edge very well, so they ran a lot of counters and zone runs that were very, very effective against them. Um, I thought the return of guard Layden Robinson helped them a lot. Um really dominant performance for South Carolina is just not there. Um, it just, they went three and out, you know, couldn't block A&M's front, couldn't move the football. You know, they've got problems, uh, personnel wise, matching up offensively and defensively. They're a little bit better, but they were dominated. I mean, A&M had their way with them. It was a complete domination. And then, um, Arkansas dominated uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff um, at 17 unanswered points and not a whole lot. There wasn't a lot, still some penalties, some drop passes, but they dominated. Um, Dominic Johnson, um, you know, played very well and it's, it's getting a lot better. I think Rocket Sanders is is becoming a, a viable back for them. A.J. Green um, you know, I think, um, they came out, you know, well in the second half, no slips there. It's again, the level of comp was really bad, but it was like a scrimmage coming off of a little bit of a break for Arkansas. And we'll see what they can get done here down the stretch. Mississippi state dominated a bad Vanderbilt team. Um, you know, the offensive line play for Mississippi state was pretty average, pretty average but they dominated Vanderbilt's front. Uh, They didn't block very well. They were a little high, but this is where, again, when you're grading, you're grading to a standard and it was pretty average, but it was good enough to dominate um, Vanderbilt's defensive front. The backs, I thought, did a really good job in the game. Uh, Marks and Dylan Johnson did a really good job. I thought the receivers did an outstanding job. I thought the quarterback play was good. I thought the receivers did a good job. Um, the 
they had two picks in the game though, and what was a negative, certainly from the quarterback, and they gave he had one sack, but and that those are negatives, those are big negatives, but he played very well on the other snaps. Um you know, um did a very good job. Defensive line um was was good, was solid. Um the linebackers same as well. Uh, they um they're not able to get the blitz home as effectively as they need to against good opponents, but they were able to get enough done here. Um they had only one big breakdown in the secondary. It was a dominant performance. Vanderbilt's just you know, they're just a an awful looking team. Um you just uh, it just it's ugly, you know. Um I thought Mike Wright struggled in the second half at quarterback. Um you know, it's just a, it's a bad team. It's a bad program. It doesn't have a lot of talent, and I just like to sit there and sell you on how much better they're going to get. I just I'm not seeing it for this Arkansas uh, this uh, Vanderbilt program right now. So we'll see how um, how things go. Um, again, this week uh, taking a look, and I forgot to make my little list here, but this week, of course, Alabama has the bye week uh, along with LSU the bye week as they get ready for that humongous game of the century matchup again, right? Not not quite so much. Alabama, LSU in two weeks. Arkansas has got a bye this week. Um, you've got Auburn and Ole Miss, which is, I think, uh, uh, along with Florida, Georgia, the two highlight games of the weekend. Kentucky's got Mississippi State. Um, Missouri's got Vanderbilt. South Carolina's got a bye. Tennessee's got a bye. Texas A&M has got a bye. So those are your matchups of the weekend. So not not a lot of excitement, maybe a slight intrigue in the stylistic matchup between Mississippi State and Kentucky. I do expect Kentucky to be able to control this game, but because Kentucky doesn't score a bunch of points, it might be a little bit closer uh, than you might expect. But then it's... Uh, you know, how bad does Georgia beat Florida? How competitive is that game? What does Dan Mullen do at quarterback? Does Todd Granham get anything done defensively? Does Florida rise up in this big rivalry game and play their very best? Whatever that is, do they play their very best? If you're Georgia, you, you've got to expect that. And if you're Georgia, do you come off of a bye sluggish? And, you know, I don't know. I think those are the things we're looking for because it's clear Georgia's a better team. I don't have much hope at all that Florida makes a strong case, but it's a rivalry game, so you never know. So that's intriguing. But I am intrigued by Auburn-Ole Miss. I know that there is a narrative that Ole Miss is that much better. I think Auburn will play them well. I think they would challenge them. Um, And, you know, again, I think the right type of team can make some plays against this Ole Miss defense, although I'm more and more impressed by what this Ole Miss defense is able to do. So we're going to break down a couple of things uh, to remind you about. Over at LandryFootball.com, we've got all the film room breakdowns of all the games. Inside the SEC, we're going to break them all down around the country by conference. Uh, do it for the NFL as well, of course. Uh, we're going to have all the film room breakdowns of all of these games this weekend inside the SEC might have a special film room breakdown on Florida, Georgia. I'm not sure yet. I know I'm going to have one 
on Michigan, Michigan State, which is the biggest game of the weekend in college football. We will um, we'll have the full detail, I mean detailed breakdowns over uh, every conference game this weekend, even though we've got the buys. Um, going to check into the mailbag section. Kevin Neely says, Chris, as far as your criteria to be a head coach, how would you grade Lane Kiffin? Well, Lane Kiffin has done a really good job at Ole Miss. I think Lane is a good recruiter. I think he is clearly a good offensive coach that will get a lot out of his offenses. I think his defenses, while I have bragged upon how they've gotten a little bit better situationally, his defenses will never be great. He'll never be likely championship level. Um, in that, he is more concerned about how his offense looks. I don't think his offense complements the defense well. I think his defenses will always struggle at the highest level. Now, at all Miss, it's great. You know, they're, they have a chance to go 11-1. and one. That's as good as you can possibly expect at Ole Miss. Maybe they go 10-2, and 9-3. and three. That would be fantastic at Ole Miss. Um, you're not going to win a national championship at Ole Miss. You're not expected to win one over there. I think um, as he looks forward towards his next step, which he clearly, you know, is looking, um, I have mentioned, and, and we'll do something – probably once I have a little bit more details, he is working hard with his agent to try to get the LSU job. He really wants the LSU job. The issue is how high um, is he on LSU's list or even if he's on it. That's the only variable with Elaine Kiffin and um, the Ole Miss, the, the LSU situation. Just in terms of a head coach, I think there's a maturity level as a football coach, not the off-the-field stuff, which has been well-documented, and people will have comments about that. But I think there's, to me, there's a head coach maturity that you've got to understand more about how to play complementary football, which means that you've got to have to give your defense a chance to be real successful. As a head coach, if you're going to be the offensive play caller and you're more concerned about what the offensive coordinator looks like, then your teams are going to always be slanted towards offense. And even in today's offensive games, I think you're going to struggle at the highest level of competency in terms of winning championships if your defenses don't play well. You go back to, say, the national championship of LSU in 2019. We know it was built around that offense, but that defense played very well in pivotal moments. Moments They shut down a great Oklahoma offense and shut down a great Clemson offense in the playoffs. <clears throat> they didn't shut down Alabama, but they beat Alabama in the shootout. So that's my, you know, uh, my assessment of Lane Kiffin as a head coach and why that would play better at an Ole Miss, it might be difficult at a place where the expectation is to win a national championship. He would have to make that adjustment. Is he willing to do it? Um, or is he very confident that if he gets a job, a bigger job, that it's a affirmation of the way he does it? I don't know. I think it depends upon 
the other options that are there. And we're going to have to wait and see uh, what these other options with with the with a number of these jobs. By the way, um, reminder and a kind of a recap: Texas Tech um, fired Matt Wells today. So you've got Texas Tech, USC, LSU, Washington State, Georgia Southern, and UConn. I've got my eye out at Virginia Tech. I've got my eye out at um, um, perhaps Miami. I think in terms of head coaching uh, jobs that I think right now are in peril. Uh, We'll keep an eye on that for you and update you on all of that over at LandryFootball.com. Appreciate you. Um, uh, uh, Kevin Neely says, does Dave Aranda still want to be an NFL defense coordinator? No, Kevin, he's a head coach in college at Baylor. So um, it doesn't want to, doesn't want to go be a, a defense coordinator leave a head coaching job when he was the defensive coordinator uh, at LSU. There was some interest in him by some folks wanting to be a defensive coordinator in the NFL, but no, you don't. The only way you'd consider doing that is if you lose your job as a head coach um, in college, and then you start looking at maybe going back and being a defensive coordinator. The NFL would probably make sense for Dave, but Dave is, far from losing his job at Baylor in the early stages, it's looking like Baylor's trying to do everything they can to make, to satisfy him so that he doesn't leave this soon because he's certainly someone that um, is being looked at, looked at very prominently and highly, um, you know, very positively as Dave is really, really good. I think Dave still has good head coaching qualities in college. And I think he's off to a good start at Baylor. Uh, Appreciate you joining us. Uh, Appreciate you Kev for the, questions in the chat room encourage you all to join us in the chat room uh, by going to landryfootball.com click on follow chris on twitch or you can catch us on youtube facebook wherever um you can uh, or or twitter live uh not facebook excuse me twitter live uh, or youtube you can catch us there uh you can catch us on twitch tv so appreciate you joining us uh join us there uh Sign up for Landry Football's conference call. We appreciate it. I'm going to be back on Thursday afternoon again to break it down for you, break down the games of the weekend, give you all the latest news and notes, what's going on around uh, the college game as well. So appreciate you joining us. Get all the film room breakdowns. Join us at Landry Football with the football season sale. Uh, Have a great one, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.